Guys, I don't know why. Okay, I don't. I clicked Nobody the new button panic. in Skype, and I somehow activated a new view for all four of us, where we're where our torsos are shooting out of these stone stairs. It looks like yeah. we're like monkeys in a zoo. It's like, like in an enclosure. Skype is a bad piece of software in so many ways, and it delights me that this is where they're spending their R and D energy. Is how can we yeah. put the four besties boys? In one virtual shot, can someone screenshot that? Oh, I, got I just it. don't worry. Okay, good. Okay, huh? good. Yeah, because we're right. going to need that for our social. Yeah, for sure, Soshi. But it feels right, doesn't it? It feels like a nice, fun day at the zoo with my three friends. And one of them's my brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're who I, I think we're friends. Yeah, absolutely. I like as friends. I mean, why did I just shrink? <laughs> oh, yeah, we can change. Wait, why did Chris just get smaller? <laughs> no, no, he's just, just leaning back. It's perspective. If you get close, boy, we. I wrote the book on podcasting, and number one, chapter one is like visual gags. Yes, yeah. always, <laughs> always start <laughs> podcast with visual gags. We got to fix it back, or the entire podcast will be about the steps. <laughs> <laughs> Griffin, what did you? Well, do? it would be it would be nice though to <laughs> oh, take no. a little trip oh, no. to the Arctic. Now we're behind a snowy tundra. Why did they do this? This is terrible. <laughs> this is horrid. Where would you guys? Oh my god, guys! No, forget. Why? Why are we wasting our time? We're in Minecraft. <laughs> when? Oh, oh, I thought that was Dr. Oh, Dr. Minecraft. Oh no, it's oh. Minecraft. Yeah. I mean, it's Microsoft. So yeah, Minecraft. This is actually to be to be clear. This actually is kind of great. And this looks like a sh it looks like a shitty gamer parody version of Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best games of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I played a game this week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and snap, I took a picture of you. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah. My name is Ross Farshick, and I know the best game of the week. Uh, welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It is a video game club, and just by listening, you, my friend, are a member We've got uh, two games to discuss this week, and and before I get into that, let me say how happy I am to welcome back to the show one of I like to think of him as one of the founders of the best <laughs> in a sense. Yes, more of a mascot at this point. It's Griffin McElroy. Hey everybody, hey everybody, how's it going? What I miss? What I miss? Huh? You talk about Monster Hunter Rise? Hey, it's a good game, huh? Hey Griff, you didn't miss a lot, but it's been a slow time. People uh, had a lot of fun, a lot of great guests, but not a lot of huge new releases. But wait sure. a minute, yeah. We got two games to talk about this week. Yeah. Two games at the same episode? It seems like um, a, an embarrassment of riches, but we're going to be talking about uh, Pokemon Snap, and we're going to be talking about Returnal, and uh, I'm I'm thrilled about this. This is it's so exciting to have some video games back to discuss. Um, I do want to say, because uh, I've seen a lot of people ask about my thoughts about Monster Hunter Rise, because uh, I wasn't here for that episode, and I'm a big Monster Hunter head, and I do just want to say it whips absolute ass, and I can't stop fucking playing it, and it's the best game. And me it's too. Really good. I, I continue to still play it. It's fantastic. It's dope as shit. I started playing a gunner, and there's a special move now where you throw a like grappling hook forward and then swing around it like 
in a semicircular fashion while shooting the whole time. It's they basically made Vanquish, which is <laughs> hot as hell. Like I am never going to be upset about that. But that's not that's it. That's all I want to say about that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's settled. Uh, so let, oh man, you know what else is you know what else is like Vanquish is fucking Pokemon Snap. If it's Ugh. a high octane action packed thrill ride through. I'm so I'm I've got chills with the fact that Russ has just called this episode new Pokemon Snap without because like man, there's not a lot to say about this one, guys. You take pictures of Pokemon. Hey, <laughs> and now and now moving on no. to the next topic. Now at we hand. got we got plenty to talk about. Oh good, I got plenty to listen about. Let's go. <laughs> You go get a phone, you just want a phone to talk to your friends and family, you're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts, and you get ripped off, because they got all this fine print little details, and all of a sudden, they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar. To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I, I can kick things off. So this Take is it. the this is the follow up to the Nintendo sixty four game Pokemon Snap, and sort of not much of the core DNA of the thing has changed. You go through different routes in a vehicle that automatically moves. It's an on rails photographier, and you just snap pictures of Pokemon, and you get ratings based on you know photo composition. Uh, what the Pokemon's doing, whether their pose is kind of dynamic, how many other Pokemon are in the picture, and then you sort of unlock new stuff and new routes and et cetera, et cetera. That is, that is exactly how it worked in Nintendo 64. Uh, and in new Pokemon Snap, there are a few additional sort of things that are layered on top of that. Uh, there is like a daytime and nighttime version of each route. You can level each route up as you play through it a certain amount of times, which unlocks sort of new paths and new Pokemon interactions. But the way that uh, I, I think this game is best described is like a puzzle game almost, uh, because it's so funny watching like younger folks who were introduced to the franchise after Pokemon Snap came out of just like, hey, in Pokemon Sword and Shield, you can take pictures of Pokemon. So like, why do you need a whole fucking game about this? Um, when really it's not exactly about that. It is about sort of figuring out how to deal with these environments and figure out the little interactions in the environments to get these like special, special pictures. Like for instance, you may see some like burned up fruit, uh, sitting in the roots of a tree. And if you throw an apple or what's it called? A fluff fruit, I think is one of the items you can throw in the game into that pile. It will summon down the Pokemon essentially that burned them. And then you can get a picture 
of them. That's it. Like, that's in a nutshell it. Um, yeah. And I mean, yeah. The, the other big thing that they added is the end game, which is slightly different than uh, the original Pokemon Snap, where you collect the five camera uh, stones, and once you get them all, you perform a Pokemon Snap and half of the Pokemon disappear off the planet. Okay, see, I haven't Boo. gotten that far in Pokemon Snap, so I thought that this was real deal Holyfield, that you were just being sort of a goofer and talking about Avengers jokes. Bringing those 2019 references. <laughs> Welcome back, baby. Hey, 2020 never happened. <laughs> yeah, okay. So so I have very, very strong memories of Pokemon Snap coming out in whatever it was, 1999 for N64. Printing out, printing out your pictures from your memory card at the local Blockbuster? Like you Did can't not do that. that. Oh, but shit. Okay. I really don't think there's a more uh, there's a bigger poster child for a rental game mm. than Pokemon Snap on the N64. Yeah, you could play it for about four hours and see the entire game. No questions asked. Like, yeah. there is not much there. It was fun. I had a blast playing it. But for four hours, you know, you weren't going to want to pay full price for that. Now, new Pokemon Snap, much, much more content, way more levels. As Griffin said, day-night cycle, stuff like that. The core of the game remains the same. For me, mm. while I like the minute-to-minute of this game, it's still not engaging for me enough to be like, yeah, this stands toe-to-toe against other full-priced releases. Um, it still feels a little light to me. And part of that is I'm a little bit bitter because I played the Pokemon Snap game I wanted to play, and it was called Alba on the iOS. Uh, Alba? Cre- yeah, it's called Alba. Uh, in Alba, you are a little girl on an island, and you walk around the island, and you take photos of animals in their natural habitat on your own. You can go wherever you want, and you are in control of that. The fact that they are still in Pokemon Snap keeping you on this rail system, and you're basically just like, it's basically like a Disney ride, right? Yeah. But yeah. for me... Even though it does change, the 20th time I do the fucking Disney ride does not have the same thrill as the third time. No. Um, so I really well, would have now preferred that some is, uh, evol- debatable there, my <laughs> friend. Because if yeah. you yeah. continue to educate yourself about the creation of the ride, the way the rides have evolved, hidden maybe, Mickeys, years, maybe sure. finding some hidden Mickeys. Yeah. Who said hidden Mickeys? They're yeah. right. Whoever said that. <laughs> I mean, there's it's even so- more rewarding the 20th time. I, I did not like the original Pokemon Snap. Because it was a game for babies. Um, All right. Remember, I mean, All we've right. talked about this before, that Body Harvest was out. There were 3D open world games. And here oh they were, <laughs> giving me Pokemon Stadium and, and Pokemon Snap. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, let me run around the Pokemon world. And they weren't yeah. letting me do it. And also, it was dull. And I know that everybody is nostalgic for Nintendo 64 graphics, but that's okay. Quite often, everybody's wrong. New Pokemon Snap? What a gem. I am delighted. I did wow. not expect to love this game and i am on with it and i think i do think it is finding me at the right moment i'm like for the first time able to travel right now so i am in ohio seeing family i my my child is with my wife in a different state so i actually have time to play something extremely leisurely and it feels like vacation the video game and i i also love disney rides way more now because yeah I'm Chugi, and I <laughs> like going to Disney over and over in this adult. Um, I I don't know what about it that feels so different than the other one, other than it being bigger. And I think I think better visuals does really help it. 
I think like yeah, it's a photography lo- game. You yeah, you want it to look good. Exactly, like feeling like you were in the space. I will say it takes a while to find its groove. Um, I think the first two kind of spots are the dullest spots in the game. Um, and a lot of that is like it's trying to train you in that very Nintendo fashion where you don't really need a tutorial. Um, yeah. But once it finds its energy, I don't know if any of y'all made it like to the later stuff like the Mist Forest, but it's awesome. Um, mostly because Bulbasaur is there. So like, I like him. I like him. He does great stuff. I, I wanted to say, I, I think that um, the games... I, I enjoy playing the game like like Russ said the minute to minute stuff is great but the the way that they the progression and gating of the game feels so unnecessary and so weirdly like punitive uh, yeah. where you uh, you get points for taking good pictures of Pokemon and each Pokemon has four star ratings of pictures that you can take which is a bonkers inscrutable system that makes no sense right so if you take a picture of a of a bulbasaur just kind of sitting down that may just be a one star photo opportunity but if he's standing up and smiling that's a two star opportunity and if he's got his vines out that's a three star opportunity and if he's jumping that's a four star and that stuff is like you just have to guess at that Mm -hmm. at that shit and you can never really tell and it's important that you do that because you have to level up each route individually and if you get like a really good one star photo of a bulbasaur and then you try to take another picture of a bulbasaur and it's just another one star photo you're not going to get that you're not going to get like hardly any it's worthless right that system is makes no sense at all it is it is genuinely not fun to go through a route taking a bunch of pictures of pokemon and then you get to the end and you get like no experience points which is made more punitive by the fact that i feel like the unlocks are so slow and so uh, like seemingly random where you'll be going through a place and be like, oh, I, obviously there's some sort of opportunity here, but I don't have the you know song power up yet. And I guess I'll just keep going through this same route, taking the same impotent pictures of Bulbasaurs <laughs> until I finally unlock it at some point. It's, it doesn't make any sense, man. Yeah, I, I think I... I didn't like that with, again, Pokemon Snap original, however its scoring system worked. I really just had to, like, ignore it effectively and just play this to, like, hey, I'm taking photos that I think are fun. And I don't know if it's just luck or whatever, but I, at most, had to play a route twice to unlock whatever was That's next. That's fucking wild. At most. That's, Usually I played it once. That is absolutely wild. Yeah, I, I like Ansel Adams over here. Well, yeah, the, well the other weird thing about this is, like, and they kind of recognize it. You don't win with good photography. The, what they want is like, okay, the the creature needs to be in the center and be super big and looking <laughs> at you. And that's good photography. Yeah, and they don't do rule of thirds in Pokemon Snap. No, no they do and, not. And, and, and then in acknowledging it, they have an option afterwards. You're like, hey, were there any photos that were actually good that you want to save? Because you can right. go do that. Because we know that you probably took some photos that were actually good. I mean, that that's the thing of it is like I want a photography game. I want to have that level of control in a world that is as gorgeous as new Pokemon Snap is. Unfortunately, the main Pokemon games are not. This is definitely an upgrade visually speaking, which is funny because it's a spinoff. So I want like I just want these visuals in an open world like the last Pokemon game was. And I'm like over the moon thrilled and it's just not there yet. This, this is probably the only time I'll ever say this, but 
this is a video game that would have benefited from ripping off uh, Disneyland on uh, Xbox 360 Connect. I feel um, like you're always saying shit like that, Chris. <laughs> so, <laughs> play uh, seriously. But no, it would have to have Apple Arcade play Alba. It is spectacular and exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, and I, and to go off the Disneyland thing, I think this would have been better if there was a somewhat 3D world that you could walk around and like do other things, and you could just go on any of these quote rides whenever you wanted. I actually think making this more of a game hurts it. I I think it would have been better if it was just like. Hey, there are 15 spots where you can go do photography, and then you can also walk around a Pokemon world, and it's basically a Pokemon theme park. That would have yeah, ruled. yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I, I feel like th- all the things that they did to make it not a four-hour blockbuster rental hurt hurt the experience. Yeah, and that and that's that's a bummer. Like, I and again, you can't make that game anymore yeah. and charge sixty bucks for it. And I I understand that, but it it I. Give me the things that I need to start solving the puzzles right away. Don't make me play the same route, you know, a few times to get it to level three so I can finally, you know, knock that Heracross out of that tree. Like it's, it's, it does, it's, it's very frustrating and and genuinely kind of disappointing. I I have not loved my time with the game. Yeah. And the other bummer is Nintendo games just don't get reduced in price. Like any other, yeah. any other yeah, studio made this, it would maybe be forty dollars in two weeks. eventually. But yeah. Otherwise. Also, it made my son cry because I missed a picture of a of a, a score bunny sitting on a Torterra, oh, and he was whoa. like, "Why didn't you get that picture?" And it's at the end of this route, and I was like, "Oh well, let's just play it again. We'll play the route again until we get back to that score bunny." And he had no fucking patience for that because I hadn't unlocked the turbo mode yet. Sucks. No stars. That that actually was my sort of core frustration with the experience. Uh, is I felt like more than the feeling of the satisfied feeling of like, oh, that was a good one. I got that at just the right time. The the beat or the loop that I had more frequently was the sense that I had like just missed the picture that I would have wanted to take. And it's just like that feeling over and over and <laughs> over again. And because it's on rails, you're constantly feeling like, oh, man, I missed that. Oh, I missed that. Mm. Oh, I wish I'd. Oh, I missed dang, I missed that. Oh, I, m- I missed. <laughs> yeah. And that like that constant <laughs> loop of like feeling like I just missed a great thing, um, which I think could have been ameliorated sort of by like what plant is saying where it's like a little bit less, you know, on rails, a like hundred percent concrete. This is what we, you have to do to get the points and more like experiential, like, I like that picture that I took. I thought it was funny that I got that picture that I got. Yeah. Um, because of the circumstances that that entered into it. And I I also, and this is like a broader sort of issue that I don't know how you fix, but I think there's something fundamentally sort of troubling about photography, which is an art being judged by an AI. Like, I think that that sort of robs some <laughs> yeah. of the fun yeah. of it. Like, it kind of weirds me out. And I know that I'm reading too deep into it and you are free to dismiss this criticism as the ramblings of an old man in his twilight years. And I think you're well earned, but it kind of weirds me out when I think about people investing time into something to try to improve their skills at like a fake version of an actual skill. Games are good sometimes at actually like giving you a fundamental understanding of a real world skill. This is like spend time trying to get good at this sort of perversion of what good <laughs> photography is yeah. as as judged by um a, an artificial intelligence and like for me like that i think i think that that's weird like just like learn to just like 
go yeah. take. I, I also don't think that's a, strange. I don't think that's a Twilight Years thought. I think that's like a young people thought because it feels like a mm. leftover from a different time. Like younger people there now. There's a world. There's a world where these are judged by people. Yeah. On a network. Well, there is it. You can't post the photos becomes like, like the, online. If that was the idea, though, right? Yeah. Like, if this is like Pokemon TikTok, you've got the biggest game in the world, yeah. right? Like, all of a sudden, it's like, and it's like an open world where you can find Pokemon doing weird stuff. You can make weird videos of Pokemon and then share them with people, like, and that's how you like rank up or whatever. Like that. That's a massive. That's a massive game. This feels very uh, outdated. Also, closer to what photography is today. <laughs> Yeah, right. It should be noted that if you are connected to the internet, um, that grading system actually yeah. is handled by one man at Nintendo. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's very sad. Uh, but uh, I mean. You know what's weird? It's Reggie. I don't know how. He's not employed there. Um, let's 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 move on. I, I, we said that there's not much to say about Pokemon Snap, and then we talked about it for 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> I, I think. Mm. I think. I, I don't know if you like the first. I talked Pokemon, about it for 30 seconds. I did my part. If you liked the first Pokemon Snap, you'll probably enjoy this one too. Just be be prepared to put a little bit more like time into it than should probably be necessary in order for it to get like get going. Alba, that's my last plug that's for Russ's Alba. Plug. Okay, and Russ has said Alba a few times. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now... You can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have, and it's worked, which is 
incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. Next up, I want to talk about Returnal. Turbo uh, mode. I, I, I haven't played it because I can't imagine a game less suitable for me, the father of a <laughs> one-month-old, mm-hmm. to play than a ex- extremely punishing long-run roguelike that apparently crashes and updates quite a bit. Yeah, uh, and, and doesn't have saves. It um, sounds like fucking poison to me, so please tell me why people are enjoying and talking about this game. Uh, I've been enjoying it. You know, it's, it's, uh, okay. So if you want the pitch on Returnal and you don't know anything about it, here is my best. The best I can do for you is bullet hell, dark souls. Stop it. If dark souls was a bullet hell that this is what it would be. Is that fair? Like dark uh, uh, with sort of the underlying DNA of a Metroid. Like, if you can imagine, like, if this was what the next Metroid game was, it would feel like as much of an evolution as Prime was from the beginning of Metroid. Uh, Russ disagrees with me. uh, I I agree with the Metroid part. I don't agree necessarily with the Dark Souls part, although it has sprung to mind a couple times. Um, It's hard. I know that that Dark Souls thing is a little bit pat. It's been, it's so part of the DNA. It's hard. It's a hard game. So I agree on that. Front. It's hard. It's rewards, repeated runs. Yeah, let me, your let skills me, evolve over time. Let me try to do the like loop. Maybe that's like an easier way for yeah. people to grok it if you haven't played it. The loop. You are a an astronaut. You're on this alien planet. Uh, it's a third person shooter. And um, you basically explore this alien planet. You find upgrades. You find new weapons. You find currency. Sometimes you can buy little upgrades in like mini stores. And then you die. And it starts you exactly at the beginning, classic roguelike style. And when you go to explore the planet again, it's all kind of rearranged and the encounters are different and the upgrades you find are different. So it's like very, very traditional roguelike in that sense. Like that format, if you've played Enter the Gungeon, if you've played Binding of Isaac, it's that, but in 3D in a third person shooter. And I, I, I should mention like, a pretty spectacular third-person shooter. It is very hard to make a good-feeling per- third-person shooter. And Housemark, who's the studio that made this game, has been making action games forever, tremendous ones like Resogun and uh, Outland is another great uh, adventure game they made. So, so that part is extremely good. But paired with that, because it's a roguelike, is if you die, um, you aren't necessarily making progress. They, there are consolations that people have made a big deal about the fact that you can't save as you make it through the game, there are actually permanent unlocks that you get, grappling hooks and various other permanent up- unlocks, as well as pro- progression unlocks. Once you beat the first boss, you never have to fight that boss again. You could just skip him and go to the next area without worrying about it. So there are like consolations on that front, but runs, as Griffin mentioned, are extremely long. You, to do a full run carefully takes me about three hours. I'm full much, full run to the end. Uh, it's complicated. <laughs> okay. Uh, the game has like a few different acts to it, um, and they're kind of chunked up. Um, but I would say like 
to get to an end is three hours. Um, now, at this point, I can I can win basically every single run. I've gotten to that point. Um, and it takes Here me probably about 90 minutes to do a run. But there's no saving. There's no like, oh, I'm going to play another game and then come back to this because you'll lose your progress entirely. And it, as Justin mentioned or Griffin mentioned, if the game crashes, you're SOL. You lost all that run. That could be two hours worth of work. Um, and that part mm. is... Pr- Pretty okay, here's where here's where your logic starts to fall apart and where this is like I I think frustrating is it's not it's a video game. Like it's not it's fun. It's not two hours worth of work, it's two hours worth of fun that you're having playing a fun I, video no, game. I, so base to base beats. I understand what you're saying and normal sure. and there's a lot of times I agree with you. I'm saying for me personally with this, um I just think the basic action is so pleasurable yeah, and it is fun spectacular that like i don't really mind like it's a fun experience to play i am not progressing as fast as i would like to i feel like at this point i still have a i have unlocked a pistol and a shotgun mm-hmm. and a machine gun and like some upgrades for those and uh, they each have alt fires that change depending on the pickup so sometimes you'll get a gun that you really like with a alt fire you don't like or and they have different uh, levels to them. Um, there's also uh, perks on weapons mm-hmm. that you can unlock as you use the perks, like ricochet, right, on a pistol. That that the more you use the pistol with a ricochet perk, you fill up that progress bar. And then when it's full, from then on, when you find a pistol with ricochet on it, you just have it. Yeah. It just works, right? That's another sense that- of, like, progression. The only thing I don't love about the base action and what does actually feel very grindy to me is there's this idea of weapon proficiency which is the idea that like when you first land on the planet you weren't great at using weapons right Mm -hmm. and that that also is reset every time you play and on a run you gain weapon proficiency both from kills and pickups um that like just overall boost your damage and that starts back at zero when you die. So that does feel kind of like you've got to get your weapon proficiency up before you can start to just like mow, mow stuff down. Yeah. Especially so early I, on. I'm glad you mentioned the proficiency thing, because really what this boils down to is there are a lot of systems in this game, a lot of systems, a lot of systems, and probably too many. There's actually a number of systems in the game that probably shouldn't are like that for sure are not very well balanced right now to the point where they're more punishing uh, than they are rewarding. There are chests that are like infected and they have a chance to give you malfunctions. You're better off right now entirely ignoring those chests. You don't even want to mess with them. in this case are like a a bad state that you can heal by doing something, right? Like by picking up a certain amount of money or by using a consumable, you can heal this. There's also parasites you can pick up that will but, attach to you that give you a boost, right. but also have a negative uh, thing uh, attached to them. Sure. Like a, a negative th- and like a, trait that they give you. You bleed health or something like that. The, the, so the parasites thing is a great system because you know exactly what you're dealing with. Oh, I'm going to get this item. It's going to give me more health per every kill that I get, but it will also take damage whenever I use a key. So you know that stakes up front before you actually accept this thing. But there's a lot of like random punishments as well, like the malfunctions thing that I mentioned. It just feels like, you know, I've been looking at um, games like uh, Nuclear Throne or Hades is obviously a great example of this. Both of those games were made 
in the public eye for a year. There were updates for a year, if not more, like Nuclear Throne, several years of updates happened in the public eye. It feels like there's a lot in this game that would have been much more refined had it been a more public development. And I th- mm. ordinarily, I would say not, most games do not, it does not help to do that because it generates a lot more problems. But with a roguelike, the nature of a roguelike is you have the core, right? You have the gameplay center. And once that's locked in, adding things and removing things and turning dials is relatively easy from a development side. That's why smaller studios make roguelikes. You can scale up a lot of content, scale down, change things without spending a ton of resources. That's why I think here, there are just like a lot of systems that would have been kind of polished and buffed had they been getting more feedback. Hey, this isn't work versus not. Some of them just feel unfair. Some of them yeah. are just like, well, it's and not, not unfair like, oh, what a ripoff, but like you didn't tell me what I was, like for instance, this idea of like malfunctions. Sometimes there'll be chests, right? Where there is a chance mm-hmm. that you will get a malfunction if you open it. Not 100%, yep. but there's a chance. And also what malfunction you get is random so you don't you don't know what's going to happen to you and it might be the kind of malfunction that absolutely fucks your run it, when you're however long into the run so eventually it's just like well i'm just not even gonna i'm just gonna ignore that i'm not even gonna do those because i don't know and that's something that could have been fixed if i'm i feel like if i'm in a roguelike and i'm gonna take on a negative trait in a run hades does this if i'm gonna take mm-hmm. on a negative trait in a run i want to know what it is yep and if it's something that I can like incorporate, if it's worth, I can't make the 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 right. value judgment. It, but it doesn't seem like they could have that kind of development cycle just be, by virtue of the fact that this is like the first kind of major non remakey release on on PlayStation Five sure. as a PS Five exclusive. So it yeah, couldn't, it it couldn't be a nuclear and it's a big three D game, right? Like yeah, and there's a pretty big difference just in terms of fidelity between this and something like Nuclear Throne. Doesn't mean they right. can't do those things. It sure. just I'm sure is a little bit harder. I a mean, bit. a lot of the issues that yeah. Russ and I are describing are not they are not art intensive. Right. They are not like yeah. design intensive. I like, I wouldn't change any. Like, the art design is spectacular the, in this game. It's a gorgeous game. Um, all the enemies look really interesting. The environments look really interesting. The like, there's weird narrative stuff happening mm-hmm. that I have no context for and do not understand. And I'm Russ, I'm sure Russ gets better than I do. Sort of, but, um, <laughs> just like interesting things that are happening in the world. Like, oh, that's, that's great voice weird. actor. Like the the woman doing the oh. voice acting is spectacular. Um, so it's really like I, I I know where that comes from, plant, but it's really not that stuff. It's the well, this system isn't working quite right, so let's retool it in the way that like. Remember when Diablo 3 launched and it was a total mess at launch? Like it was not a super fun game. And they basically had to do this redux uh, where they, the cores was was essentially the same, but they reevaluated loot and different other systems. And that's what it feels like there are, I don't think it's as drastic as that because I think this is a good game, but it definitely does not, you know, the reason that I can win or run right now every single time without fail is because I found the magic recipe of this overpowered gun, this overpowered perk, this overpowered thing. And now whenever I just find those, I just hold on to them for most of the game and just cruise. And that's a sign that like balance is certainly an issue. Now, it it should be said, Housemark, I think just today released another patch. Uh, It's funny because they need to tell people, hey, if your game is in sleep mode, be wary because you're going to lose your save if we put this patch out. 
So there's that. What I what I that that's the consensus I've heard is that it's a genuinely very fun game. But if but if you haven't picked it up yet, maybe wait for it to at least like get off the ground a little bit. Because I genuinely they've patched the game a lot since it yeah. came out, and not a joke. Like what Russ just described has happened to people like uh, that that I know like a few times. So yeah. Um, I don't think I, this will be the type of game I can sink time into and, until my childcare situation is profoundly different from yeah. what it is right now. But hopefully by that point, it'll be, things will have settled hey, a little yeah, bit. I, six months from now, I think A, the game's balance and stuff will be in a ver- much better place. And B, I don't know if it's going to be six months. It will be a certain amount of time. 100% no doubt question that this game will hit PlayStation Plus. PlayStation Plus, yeah. I was Not say. even a doubt. Yeah. So if you have the patience, I would certainly recommend it. I think it'll be a better game at that point anyway. Um, But uh, for right now, it's a very cool game. If you're really hard up for a PlayStation 5 game, it's very cool with a lot of buyer beware stuff. Let's return all to the reader questions. Oh, good. Yeah, Um, it kind of works. I mean, arguably, sure. We weren't there before, but fine. (laughs) Okay, here we go. (laughs) Uh... Welcome to the reader questions. Okay, so here, here's one uh, I've got that's for Pokemon Snap. This one's from Maggie. Uh, what's your favorite research location in the game? Um, I like the jungle a lot. The jungle is, I think, the second level that you open up. And I don't know. I feel like there's just, like, a lot of different opportunities for, like, interactions there that just feel a lot more kind of logical. Um which which is something that I think it's the, the strongest suit of the game. I think uh, actually the original Pokemon Snap did this a little bit better where it's like, okay, if you want the picture of the Charizard, you got to throw something at this Charmeleon so it falls into the volcano and a Char- Charizard comes out. Where in a lot of new Pokemon Snap, it's like, you have to throw this crystal gem at the crystal flower and that will summon a Vespa Queen, which, and it's like not quite as logical, but I don't know. I feel like my first run through the jungle, I was, I was doing stuff that I was like, oh, that's clever. That's, that's cool. The jungle was also the first area that I found was like, like really started to like show the visuals off more. Yeah, that too. Y'all liked the game way before I did. Um, I, I think it really starts to sing once you get to the island and the volcano areas, start going underwater stuff like that um and then the late game stuff elsewhere forest i i think is a they save the best for last sort of scenario i actually don't know if that's last level um but it's it's fantastic justin what's your favorite route oh yeah i realize justin doesn't have an opinion on oh it. gosh i like the night i like the all of them but don't make me choose <laughs> um of all the ones i unlocked i liked them both i like them all just the same all of them are great. Okay. <laughs> Don't make me choose. It's like choosing between my kids. I've, I've got a Returnal question for you, uh, Justin. This one's from Joe. Is Returnal a good or a terrible title? I think this is a great question because I really... I don't have any trouble remembering yes. it. Yeah. Which I like. Returnal. I mean, it's like, it's just out there, but it is like <gasps> very much in keeping thematically with the spirit of the game. <laughs> What? Did Chris just figure out what the title means? <laughs> Christopher! It's eternal, but you return. Oh my Christopher God. Christopher <laughs> Thomas Plant. Yeah. It's weird that another roguelike didn't use it already. It it's is. Very, I, I think it's a pretty good name. It's uh, kind of generic, but it's also like, well, somebody should do that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well it's, somebody making a roguelike game should do that. It's worth noting that like there haven't been very many roguelike games apart from Hades 
that have brought the narrative of the fact that you are constantly reviving yourself into the game. Usually it's yeah. just like, oh, you just start another run. So Yeah, it's cool in Returnal. Sometimes when you find power-ups, they're on your corpse. Yeah. Well, like, neat. You, like, oh, I had this before. Dang, all right, cool. Speaking <laughs> of this, how has there not been an adaptation of Live, Die, Repeat for a video Wasn't game? Wasn't there? Wasn't there like a phone game or something? There might have been. Probably. Probably. It was a phone so game good. of everything. Sure, but yeah. it's a good it's a good point. They've made a roguelike movie. Yeah, the book's basically that's, based off That's of weird game. that it's not it's weird that it's not an adaptation of of a video. Well, it's, game. Ad- it's weird that that movie is not actually an adaptation of an existing property. It's a, an adaptation of a book which itself seems to be very blatantly inspired by video games. Mm-hmm. Um okay. book is a trip. Um okay, one more question. This one is from Peep. Uh, I love new Pokemon Snap, but I do feel nostalgia gives it a big boost. What are your takes on nostalgia in video games in 2021? Does it have a big role? Um, yes. Oh, so I, I think yes, for sure. But I don't think it is quite as like potent as it was maybe even like five years ago, where it felt like, okay, if you make an indie game, it's a pixel game. Um, there was a point where I felt like every indie title was kind of going off this like weird nostalgia beat. Um, maybe that was even longer ago than five years. I don't well, think that's a nostalgia thing. Yeah, as much that's as it not is, exactly like, a, fair. Just a game design, thing. right? I, I, I think oh. when I think nostalgia, I think like we're using characters from you know characters you know as a way to like pull heartstrings, which I think you know the games industry has more and more gone the safe route of like known franchises established franchises because that makes the most money um and i I think that's not going to change it's it's a weird year just because there aren't a lot of games coming out but consider like the big games that have come out or are about to resident evil village uh monster hunter pokemon snap um you know uh, we're talking about generally sequel uh you know sequels or follow-ups a returnal is one of the few exceptions but Returnal's a risky game. Like that's, I'm not surprised that there aren't yeah. more of those. I guess so. I don't, I don't see nostalgia in these franchises. I see, I don't know. I feel like video game franchises are almost akin to sports because it is a form of play, and it's oh, you like this thing, and you will keep coming back to it, and they'll evolve it. But then nostalgia for me would be like, oh, then they add tofu mode to a new Resident right. Evil, right? Like, it's, like, very much this, like, specific type of winkiness. I think like Pokemon Snap has that because it's such a, you know, singular moment in Pokemon games. But I, I don't find, like... I have nostalgia for Pokemon characters, but not for, like, Pokemon the game, I guess. I, yeah, Pokemon right. as a franchise is nostalgia personified. Like, right. the whole it's thing. The, it's been the same game over yeah. and over yeah. again since 1998 <laughs> or whatever. Uh, Griffin, Justin, you have any feelings on this before we wrap? No. Great. You've said no. Perfect. We did it. We got through it. What are y'all playing this week besides the stuff that we've been playing? When are we going to do Should we do eventually a near, like full near episode? 100%. Like, we have to. You've played Near right. Automata now. Yes. You're not going to play I, Near Replicant. I can no, talk about Near Replicant. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter say that they want a just Russ and Chris and Justin episode of Near. Um, oh, without, that's without so Nier. weird. I've seen the reverse. I've seen. 
Griffin and Russ and Plant. Well, maybe we just make Russ and Plant talk about Nier, but we make them do it for four hours. There's no way we haven't exhaustively talked about Nier Automata on this show. I know we have. Well, Well, I I hadn't really played very much of it at the time. (laughs) Great. Fresh Fresh has Uh, uh, feelings that are contrary to mine. Uh, And maybe, yeah, maybe Russ and I will find a way to do that at some point down the line. I'll spare you me talking about Nier Replicant then and say I've been playing uh, Mario Golf Advanced tour hell yeah what a great game so y'all. What I, a except fucking good for game takes way too long to get started classic game boy thing classic like, nintendo problem but damn once it gets going yeah uh i i actually replayed chrono trigger nice. if we're talking about playing retro shit holy shit that game's good wowzers bowsers holy shit that's a good game wow does it hold up what a masterpiece yeah it's really spectacular it's one of the few jrpgs from that era that i can really personally stomach yeah um, and it's just really spectacular. phenomenal the combat and the music everything. And everything it's all good um, I wanted to mention, we talked about it a little bit at the top, but Monster Hunter, I'm still playing it. Yeah. Um, they just released an update like earlier this week or last week um, that added like a bunch of new monsters, a bunch of new like equipment. And it like put me right back on that grind of like, I'm I'm like galaxy braining these like builds for my characters. Oh, I'm going to use a sword and shield. And oh, if I bring this talisman, into, it's for a game that like has literally never grabbed me. And there have been 30 of them. Yeah. The fact that it's suddenly like all clicking now and it's this thing that like I'm actually going to keep up with free updates just because fighting a new monster is fighting new monsters. Fun. Yeah. Fighting Camellios was like, oh, shit, this this monster's invisible. What? And, and to play it in contrast to Returnal, which is an enjoyable but very stressful game, Monster Hunter is not. It is. I find it like extremely relaxing, which is ironic given the visuals and the fact you're fighting giant monsters. Like generally speaking, like you faint like big fucking whoop there's cats there's dogs it's just like i'm chilling on the couch <laughs> feeling yeah. progress like i'm i'm actually progressing it doesn't feel grindy to me it's very satisfying i, I just love it it's great real quick i've been playing the longing do you guys oh, know yeah. no. oh my god so this just came out in switch it came out on pc i think last year this just came out on switch last month uh, the Longing is you play a character called Shade who is the servant of um, a, a king. And the king lives underground with you. And the king says, I need to go to sleep for 400 days mm. to regain my power. Classic. And then he leaves you there. And the king goes to sleep. And this game plays out in 400 days of real time. And the real time is always moving, no matter if you're playing or not. It's your real time, so, basically. It's it's our real time, right? So it's 400 days of real time. If you um, and basically what you're just doing is like wandering around, killing time, waiting for the king to wake back up. So like, and you can want like you can wander around and find coal, and then go back and like make drawings in your little office, and that can like help that passes time a little bit more quickly. Wait, but no matter how what is happening, pass, how does it pass? T- I thought it was real time. It's part of the thing. Part of the thing is part, the game. Part of the game is you're finding things that help uh, pass decrease the, the 400, 400 days. That, so it's make the 400 days go, go fast. But if you were to right? install it and then just like forget about it and then come back in 400 days, it would be done. It would be over, and you could trigger the ending. That the seems game. like a pretty easy way to win the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's your, there's your, what's the opposite of a speed run? <laughs> um, and, but there's a, there's neat stuff like if you go around and you explore, you can just tell them to go back home mm. and then turn the game off. Oh yeah. And the next time you turn the game on, 
It's back at the house. Cool. Hey, what's going on? You can tell me to read a book. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll just read this book. And then when you come back, he's like, oh, I read the book. <laughs> Here's what I think about Wait, you know, Can't you read? It's very kind of morose and sad and solitary, but. Isn't like all oh, of Moby Dick in it and you can read it alongside him if you want? Yeah. Something like that? There, I I have not encountered Moby Dick. Maybe that's a, a, a pickup. Yeah. DLC microtransaction. It's very interesting. It's one of those things that's neat to have a game that I don't feel bad about like picking up and playing for 20 seconds. But like, all right, I'll check back in on it later. It's go- it's going fine. It doesn't need me to, yeah. to be there. That's uh, neat. But it is kind of interesting. That's a yeah. cool idea. Uh, next week on The Besties, we are going to talk about Resident Evil Villages. Where's the Ooh. excitement? Uh, another village. big another game. Big, I'm stoked. Another big game. I wrote Village. I, I, I wrote Villages, but it should just be Village. I think it's just the one village. That's just, too, too, that's you can't do more than one scary village. Yeah. That's, too that's the sequel. I'm so excited um, for this game. I, I hope we have appropriate time to spend with it. Do you think they... Um, do you think they Because they make a joke in the title where V-I-L-L, a village, is basically eight in Roman numerals. Yeah. So do you think Very internally good. they just call it Resident Evil 8? Or they call it Vedages. Mm. It's Resident Ooh. Evil 8. I mean, I feel like we're buying into the company bullshit by calling it Village. Yeah. It's Resident Evil 8. Come on. I'm excited. Um, so I was too scared week. to play the last one. All right. Uh-huh. Wait, really? And, and you'll probably be too scared to play this one, and you'll probably pretend to be sick. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I can't pocket it today. That's going to do it for us. Uh, besties.fan is our uh, the URL of our website. If you want to share the show with other people, besties.fan is the link. Um, and we sure appreciate you doing that because it helps us to grow. So thank you. Oh, and if Twitter, you, if you want to, yeah, the Twitter. Oh yeah, we're on Twitter at the Besties Pod. Catch it. You'll be able to see the photos from the cold open. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Uh, fun. Uh, and that'll do it for us for this week. So be sure to join us again next time for the Besties because you're the world's best friends. Pick the world's best games. Besties!